0: The rehab and physical therapy, and you as the patient are doing the vast majority of the work. And then I can come in with injections occasionally and just kind of help bump things along or kind of guide it in the right direction. all right welcome back everybody to the third season of the building lifelong athletes podcast i'm your host jordan ranke thanks so much for stopping by really appreciate it here so we've talked about a couple of previous seasons now we have a new season coming up here this whole season we we'll talking about injections so as a sports medicine doctor i do a lot of various injections and i kind of want to walk you through you know all about various injections So, you know the first one we're going to talk about today is essentially when to consider injection you don't want to have lots of ones coming in the future here but this the first first and foremost is hey who is a good candidate for having an injection right you know not everyone's gonna get an injection and i don't recommend that for anybody you know i i'm pretty judicious on the injections i do give and so it's definitely not for everybody i'm not a person who's gonna be like oh everyone should get an injection that's fine no but today we're gonna talk about you know when should you consider getting an injection so when we first start off and do that, the first thing I kind of talk about, I'll kind of go the opposite and say, when do you not get an injection? You know, most, you know, most things being, you know, common, I'd say we do not get an injection immediately after being injured, right? Like unless you're in a professional athlete, that might be different. And like I said, all the rules go out the window for professional athlete. And we know that if you're a professional athlete, then, you know, it's not the most healthy thing in the world to be playing that high level and you're going to have issues. And so that being said, this is for our everyday athlete here is that, you know, we are not gonna have an injection right after you're injured. You know, that's typically not what we wanna do in terms of, you know, you had a strain or something simple like that, you know, an injection right after, usually not necessary at all, right, so it's just gonna cost you money, time, and there's always potential side effects, which we'll talk about later. But having said, you know, it's, it's something that I would say, if you have an initial injury, like we are not gonna start that right away, so. And then like I said, also another time we're not gonna do injections if you've done no therapy whatsoever, or you don't plan on doing any sort of rehab whatsoever. This is another instance here where if you have not done any like physical therapy, any rehabilitation, and have no plan on doing that, then I typically won't do an injection. Obviously, there are exceptions to this. If someone's like 85 and they have bad arthritis and they're just trying to have improved quality of life, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But for most people you know, who are younger and are active and can, can move around and can do rehab, for me, I always ask them, if you are not planning on doing any sort of rehab, Like for me, then um, injection's probably not ideal, right? If you think about an injection, is a lot of times like a Band-Aid, potentially. You know, if we inject some sort of anti-inflammatory medication, it's going to make you feel good for a little bit of time. But then if we don't get to the underlying problem of what's causing that issue, then injection is not going to do much because it's just going to come back in, you know, a couple of days, weeks, months, however long the injection lasts. And so that's another reason that um, I wouldn't do an injection someone if they have no plan on doing therapy, um, unless there's certain circumstances. But like I said, if the, I'm, I'm envisioning the, you know, general weekend warrior someone who is active who wants to be active and you know they say oh I, I still don't have time for therapy i just want an injection like that's not a good reason to get an injection personally um, in my experience i haven't had a good success with that doing that and so i'll typically talk with patients and kind of counsel them there so um and then also another reason i will not give an injection is if you haven't had your treatment options explained to you right so this is more of a this is not like i'm stopping you but you might not understand all the options you know a lot of times some people. I've seen in the healthcare world where they saw their primary doctor and they got referred to me and they come to sports and they're told they need an injection. They're like, oh, I was told I need an injection. And I was like, oh, you know, what, what, you know why do you need an injection? Do you want an injection? And they're just like, I hate needles, but I, this is what they said I needed. And so I get to have that conversation with them. And that's my job as a specialist, as a sports medicine doctor, I get to have these conversations and talk about the risks, benefits, and all that fun stuff. But like I said, if you haven't heard all your treatment options, then it's not a great Place to start. You know, I, I usually don't jump right to there. In terms of treatment modalities, like I said, I'm pretty darn regular in terms of the first thing. If you have a pyramid of, you know, what treatments are, the first thing in the bottom is going to be rehab in terms of some sort of physical rehab, whether that's, you know, physical therapy, at home exercises, something like that. That's going to the base of that pyramid. And then we'll move up to maybe injections and then surgeries if you need to and stuff. But like I said, I usually don't jump right to injections. And so also, if you haven't been explained, you know, what your options are, then it's not fair just to just come in and do an injection. You know, I know, it, it, it can be done. And people do do it where they come to a physician and right away they do an injection. And they say that's just not how I practice typically. And so for me, this is kind of how my practice and, and what usually works well for me. So things to consider. Now I want to talk about when do consider an injection, right? So we talked about people who are not good candidates. So people who, you know, got hurt in just a really acute injury it's not ideal people who don't want to do any sort of work in terms of therapy or have another option to explain to them so those are when i wouldn't want to recommend it and then now let's talk about when we do consider it the first things first is you're in pain right most of the time people are getting injections when they have pain i have seen some weird things on the internet where people get injections just for fun of random stuff and for me that's not necessary but first things first is if you're in pain and not feeling well that's the main reason people come and find me and talk to me Uh, but that's a, a good reason why i think it's a very reasonable reason to have for why we consider an injection. Another reason um, I talk about is when people have saw that with therapy, right? So like I said, on that pyramid, I talked about before the base is physical therapy, right? So if you've been doing that, you know, religiously for a couple of months and we're still not getting any improvement, well, then I think it's reasonable to consider getting an injection, right? That's kind of my, my whole thing is like, I kind of talk about an analogy when I counsel patients on the risks and benefits, all that stuff i say you know if you live in the north i use a snow example if you live in the south i use the mud but you know i'm from the north so if i say if you're stuck in the snow right and you're just spinning your wheels spinning your wheels you have a buddy come over and they push you out it's that nudge that gets you going right and then but reality the car spinning the wheel that's what's providing all the power once you get that push then you can take you can make it out i always say the injections are like your friend pushing that car but the rehab and physical therapy is like the actual car itself. The rehab and physical therapy and you as the patient are doing the vast majority of the work. And then I can come in with injections occasionally and just kind of help bump things along or kind of guide it in the right direction. That's how I view almost all of my injections is that I'm just trying to be a guide and trying to help you get back and facilitate you to rehab so you can do more. Like I said, sometimes you just need a little bit more to get over the hump, and that's a reasonable thing to do as well. And so I, I said, like I said, going hand-in-hand with that as well you'll see that all these things i talk about you know when we're doing therapy when we're taking time so like i said a good candidate also is someone who's had this for a while and like i said you might think like, oh that's that's me and jordan to let people suffer for a while like first of all i you know i'll never let someone suffer if something's really bad or going on like there are options we can consider and that's a whole different conversation different podcast but the vast majority of people who already worked through me have gone through you know Saw in their primary and then came to me and maybe they did some therapy, maybe not. But like for me, my job is to decide: hey, have we done a really good rehab? Have we been, you know, kind of off base? Have we been doing just a bunch of passive modalities in terms of stretching and STEM or whatever? And so I kind of determining, did we actually give true physical therapy and, and progressive overload a try or not? And so like I said, I'm gonna have those conversations with people. That's my job, and we'll do that. But like I said, usually it's a chronic injury, something's been going on for a while, and someone who's willing to put in the work. So that's kind of like my ideal like avatar of a person who, like, hey, you're a good candidate for injection. And when it comes to injections, we have a bunch of different options. Like I said, we're going to have more on these in the future podcast. I'm going to break down pretty much each one of these injections and talk more about it. But in general, the main injections that we'll have are steroid injections, NSAIDs or anti-inflammatory medications, hyaluronic acid or viscous supplementation, as sometimes call it, dextrose prolotherapy, PRP, and stem cells. You know, so those are kind of the, the big ones. And we'll talk all about those I would say the vast majority of injections most people think about are um, steroid injections you know and when I mean steroid I don't mean anabolic steroids like you see in the bodybuilding community not like that they're not the not the ones that make you jack There's different type of steroids things we take when people have like you know flares for arthritis and stuff like that so definitely not a like anabolic steroid but those are the main ones, and we'll talk about each one of those and break those up into individual episodes and we'll talk all about this so we can understand you know who to use these on when they're a good idea and then another question people ask is like, well, who should I see for an injection? Well, there's a bunch of different providers that you could see for an injection. You know, first things first, obviously everyone thinks of orthopedic surgeons that they can do injections and they can for sure because they can do surgery. I mean, if they can do surgery, they can do injections, right? And yes, they can. Absolutely. There's also non-operative sports medicine physicians. That's where I fall into. So I'm someone who has a, who's a fellowship in, in, family med- in family medicine and in sports medicine. So primary care sports medicine. So I did my family medicine residency and then sports medicine fellowship. So I'm a non-operative sports medicine. And then also some primary care doctors do things, you know, some they'll do more basic injections like a subacromial shoulder injection or a knee injection and like said all those things those two things can be done by a lot of primary care doctors which can be helpful but i said those are the different kind of levels for most injections um you know say i'm obviously very biased because i am a non-operative sports medicine doctor and i would say you know i think preferred would be a sports medicine doctor who's trained in ultrasound skills so at the end of the day what we can do when we're you know Trained ultrasound is we can actually look and see the pathology. We can see the knee joint, we can see the tendon, we can see whatever, and then we can see the needle going into in real time. So we know where we need to be. Um, like I said, and that's a big thing is we can actually visualize our needle, so we know the medication is getting right where it should be. As opposed, to a lot of times, um, other physicians will do blind injections. Blind meaning not like they close their eyes and just guess, but blind meaning they're just going based off of landmarks, which you know can be accurate at times. There's some good data that orthopedic surgeons really know where the knee joint is. No surprise, you know they're doing surgery all day and putting scopes in there, so they know where the knee joint is. But then um, when they compare like shoulder they say that ultrasound guided is more specific and and have a higher chance of getting the medication where it needs to be when compared to just landmark and so for me if you can do it with an ultrasound i typically do do it with an ultrasound Um, there are some that are pretty straightforward enough where we don't necessarily need an ultrasound like i said a lot of times knees and subacromials don't necessarily need them um, and so that can happen but like i said most of the time i'm using the ultrasound on anything that's a little more complicated i'd recommend you know find someone who can have ultrasound skills to do that There are also, you know, I'm just not to be confused, you know, physical therapists can do dry needling. And so dry needling, you know, most people think, oh, that's an injection. It's not really an injection. It's just actually using the needle itself. And so they're not injecting any sort of medication in there. They can't do that. And so that's just why something I do mention as well. And then kind of going back i did talk about i just want to talk about landmark versus ultrasound guided so i mentioned you know finding someone who does ultrasound guide injection typically like i said these are going to be our non-operative sports docs it can be it can be orthopedic surgeons as well i have seen some use them but a lot of times um like I said, they do surgery and they don't necessarily do as many ultrasound guide injections but it can happen but in most situations, ultrasound guide injection is going to be better and like i said almost every situation there's not a lot of times where i think doing landmark is better and so you don't necessarily need to use an ultrasound but you know you're greatly improving your chances of getting medication where it should be and so I, that's what i said so even like i said mentioning in studies have shown that even orthopedic surgeons can sometimes struggle in, in joints that aren't the knee so like shoulders and stuff like i said so uh, anything that's not super super basic i think it's recommended to use an ultrasound i think it'd be good and the people who will do that like i said non-operative sports docs this can be you know physicians who train in family medicine pediatrics emergency medicine or PMNR, and all those people can then do a fellowship and get ultrasound guided injection. PMNR, a lot of times those docs don't even necessarily have to go through a fellowship, they do a lot of ultrasound training during their residency. And so that's something to think about as well. But like I said, what you'd be searching for is a primary care sports medicine doctor or someone who has sports medicine fellowship. So it'd be CAQSM, which mean, you know, a certificate of additional qualification in sports medicine. If you Google that, that's someone who can most likely do ultrasound guided injections. And then when considering an injection, you always have to consider price, right? some injections are crazy expensive things like prp and stem cells unbelievably expensive and a lot of times these higher ones are not covered by insurance other ones you know thinking like steroids hyaluronic acid those are kind of anti-inflammatories Oh, those things are kind of a little more common and usually they're covered by insurance and so like i said if someone's you know shelling out prp or stem cells or you know talking about those injections the odds are it's not going to be covered by insurance prp there's starting to be some procedures that are covered by insurance but not a whole lot it's looking like potentially knee osteoarthritis or lateral epicondylopathy. those are kind of the two that are kind of making their way there but like i said it, a lot of times prp and the stem cells are going to be not covered by insurance and they can be crazy expensive like you know thousand dollars for prp three thousand dollars plus for stem cells so an insane amount for these injections and we'll talk more about those later but like i said that's just kind of Given you the basis, but otherwise, ones that will be covered by insurance usually steroid, hyaluronic acid, um, said like ketorolac that can typically be there. Um, dextrose prolotherapy kind of falls in between. Some get covered, some do not. So that's just, I want to mention that as well that may or may not be covered. And so, Anytime I talk to someone about having an injection, I always have to talk about the risks, benefits, and alternatives. Right. So you have to be a well-informed patient. I think it's their right to know what could happen in any sort of injection. So I always talk about risks first. The biggest risk we always worry about is infection. Right. If I'm bringing a needle into the joint, I'm taking something from outside the skin and putting it underneath the skin. You know, meaning the needle's coming out in, and we try to clean it as perfect as, as good as possible. But there's you know, it's not a sterile field entirely. It's not like surgery. So there's always a chance that something from outside can get inside. You know, the risk of what we call septic arthritis. Arthritis, which means a big infection in the joint that's kind of scary and an emergency. We need like a washout and surgery. The odds of that happening are exceedingly rare, like about one in 10,000 plus, depending on which study you look at. So, um, pretty, pretty darn rare. But, like I said, this is the one I always counsel patients on saying, hey, if over the next couple of days you start to develop a joint, you know, let's say your knee it starts to get red, hot swollen maybe start getting fevers like and the pain starts getting out of control like that is not a normal reaction to an injection so that is what we look out for for a septic joint and so like, we would want to go to the er that's an emergency so like i said that's the biggest thing i always counsel about and that's it can happen but like i said exceedingly rare but it is on the list and i always have to tell everybody that's a possibility Then another thing I always talk about is pain, right? Unfortunately, a needle is a needle and I found no way to make a needle not feel like a needle. Like they have some of the cold spray, which can be helpful as well, but like I said, it's still a needle. Usually they're pretty small. I mean, in terms of like gauges are anywhere from like 25 to 18 and 18 is a decently big needle. That would hurt. 25 is pretty small. And so usually people tolerate that really, really well, um, but sometimes it can be painful, especially if you're going somewhere sensitive, like the hand or the foot that can be bad. Another risk is you could have some excess bleeding. Like I said, there's a lot of small blood vessels in a lot of the injection sites we do. Usually not a lot of big ones, but there's always a chance that, you know, you're going somewhere and there's a big blood vessel or there's a blood vessel where you didn't think there would be. So there is a chance of bleeding as well. Most of the time, if we do have additional bleeding, it's usually from a small blood vessel. Just put a little pressure on there and that's all you need. But like I said, that can happen. And then I also tell them it's possible of damage to a nearby structure. Nearby structure, meaning, hey, maybe there's some branch of a nerve we're not sure of. Uh, maybe your anatomy is a little different and we could hit a nerve or like I said, hit a small small artery that we don't know about. That's always an option when doing an injection. And even on the ultrasound, even if you use the ultrasound, and there's some very small nerves. You wouldn't necessarily see them in ultrasound, so it's possible to get that. I say, if we hit it, you might feel a zinger. Um, you know, I said, there's some pretty much experienced people said that if you re, readjust and move like a lot of times it gets better and most of the time that recovers fully but there's always a chance right that we hit a nerve with the needle and it leads to lasting damage that's just the way it works like i said it's very rare for that to happen but it's always something we have to consider and like i said i always talk about these risks and like not to try to scare people but just so they understand like hey we're doing an invasive procedure that something could happen that's why i take it so seriously that when we do an injection i make sure it's the right person because all those things could happen i don't you know, they don't happen very often, but it's a, it's a, it's always a possibility. So I want to make sure. Then I always talk about, you know, the benefits, right? So I've talked about risks, benefits. Well, hopefully they're an improvement in your pain and function. You know, that's the ultimate goals, getting you out of pain and helping your function. Like I said, and it's to me, it's not an idea to just say, Hey, this is just get rid of your pain. Cause like I said, a lot of times they're temporary. They're not going to necessarily get you better. I want to get your pain better so that we can help your function get better. That's what I go for. And then I always talk about the alternatives, right? So what are our alternatives to injections? Well, do what you're continually doing, which is either nothing or physical therapy or another alternative would be potentially surgical options for some things. And so that being said, that's always, we kind of escalate things as needed. But like I said, we just talk about risks, benefits, alternatives, and it's always a patient's choice. You know, to me, it's, I kind of just give you information and you kind of let me know, Hey, is this something I want to do? Is it not what I want to do? So I always put this in the patient's hand and obviously we work on it together. We're a team when we decide something like that, So Hey, you know, this is what I think. This is what I do. And that can kind of help patient decide like, Hey, I give you this information. I can kind of help make sense of it. And hopefully you have a good understanding of, you know, the condition you have, the treatment options and what an injection might offer. And so like, that's kind of how I work through this and at the end here. I just want to talk about my perfect injection candidate, right? So I've kind of talked about before, my perfect injection candidate is someone who has a chronic issue, right? Hasn't been there right away, has given a little bit of time, has been working hard on rehab and therapy, and maybe they've just stalled out with therapy, right? They've been doing, you know, really good work, trying hard, but just can't quite get there. That's the person I'm looking for. And then also they have to understand, yeah, the injection is not going to heal them it's most likely going to help facilitate them to help your body heal it um, but it's not necessarily going to heal them and they have to be willing to put in the work They have to understand the risks and benefits and they also want to try the least amount of intervention possible and then progress from there it's like those are my perfect people I meaning like hey this is ideal. And obviously I do injections all the time on people who are less than ideal because that's the real world, right? Things are never that cut and dry. They're like, oh, Dr. Rendeke, I've tried this, 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 this. And we go, that's just not how it works. But like I said, that's the, the my, my idea in my brain and the general framework is what is what I want. Someone who's been going for a while, really has been working hard, wants to work hard, wants to do the least amount of invasive procedures possible and then kind of go from there. So that's like, I think, per, you know ideal. And that be said, that is not the only person who's going to get injection from me. You know, there are other cases that I'm going to, like I said, that I will give on a case-by-case basis and we'll do that. But like I said, that's what I think about walking into it. Like, that's my ideal. And then everyone's different, right? You know, I'm here to help people as much as I can. And I'm not going to say, like, this is my way, my way or the highway. Like I said, this is usually how I think about it, how I go through that algorithm. of like, hey, who's a good candidate and whatnot. But like I said, that is what I wanted to share today you know if you're thinking of getting an injection I hope you kind of walk through this and say hey you know maybe that sounds like me I'd be a good candidate for it or maybe oh okay I didn't realize that maybe it's not ideal and if you listen to this whole you know series in this whole season we're gonna talk more and more about like when we should be getting injections for what conditions what are the success rates and all that stuff we're gonna go deep dive in on all that stuff so thank you so much for joining me today I really appreciate it you know if you could like comment subscribe or share with a friend that would mean the world to me also additionally I have a newsletter that's starting up and if you want some short real summaries of some literature that i'm reading through the week i'll send out to you it'd be very helpful and i think you you might enjoy that but like i said if you've enjoyed this it means the world if you can share it with someone now get off your computer live your life and go have a great rest of your day thanks for tuning in. we'll see you next time disclaimer this podcast is for entertainment education and informational purposes only the topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that the science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.